0: <laughs> hello everyone I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the sleep in I've got kids and they still have their circadian rhythm so they were up at the right time in their heads anyway. <laughs> so no extra sleep in our house but uh, so I was listening to Ryan's sermon from last week and as I I uh, uh, so I wasn't here last week if you didn't notice, but I, I watched it online, I promise. <laughs> and as I watched it, I was just stirred in uh, what I wanted to uh, talk about. Uh, and he preached his part three on Isaiah 61 on, "God wants to rebuild and restore and revive." And so immediately that made me think of a passage in Luke. So in Luke 4, verse 18, Jesus reads, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. To proclaim the good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. In case you haven't noticed yet, I just tricked you. what my daughter would say whenever she does something that she thinks is smart she says I tricked you Uh, still in Isaiah 61 so actually this is Isaiah 61 part 4 and if I had to give it another subtitle it would be set the captives free Uh, and I love this uh, passage like I preached about it in December as well And, and I love how deep the Bible goes. I love how you can come to any passage and just keep on digging and digging and digging. And it'll just keep on giving. The word of the Lord is so deep. We can never get to the end of it. We could preach literally for the rest of the year just on this. And we would still come up with fresh word. Because the word of the Lord is new every single day. And I love that. So... Um it, right throughout scripture we read about what Jesus came to do. And in Luke nineteen, verse ten, we read that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And in John ten, ten we read that Jesus came so that we can have life and life in abundance. In John eight, verse thirty-six it says Uh, Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of sin. And Luke 4 verse 18, that he came to set the captives free. And like all of these things that Jesus came to do just all meld into this being that we now worship as our Lord and Savior. And he does that. He sets us free. And every time Jesus met, people right through the bible every time you see him coming into contact with anyone you see him free them from their bonds you see him coming in with a love and a compassion that just overwhelms them there's this story Jesus is in a room and he's preaching to a bunch of people and it's so crowded that no one can get in and so they co- friends come with their lame man in a stretcher and they see there's no space to get this stretcher into the house. Climb onto the roof. They pull the thatches off. And they lower him down into this house. Imagine if we were standing here now and suddenly someone pulls off some of these tiles. A guy comes down. I, I would be very surprised. <laughs> and I'm not Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus looks at this man coming down through the roof. And he... And this is the strange part, okay? If you haven't noticed it, it's a really strange thing. He sees the lame man. He looks up at his friends. And he says, because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. That's a strange one. Let me tell you, it doesn't fit into any theological framework. There's not a single theological framework where that makes sense. All of the smart books that we have written, all of the interesting uh, essays that people have written, none of them can account for this. Because we've always believed, I have to believe in Jesus and then I can be forgiven of my sin. Jesus looks at this man and says, it's not because of your faith. <laughs> you didn't get yourself here. You got here because of those guys. And it's because of their faith That your sins are forgiven. That should blow your mind. Uh, And this is something uh, I have told a lot of mothers in my life. Like, if you're wondering if your prayers for your son is working, keep at it. Bible says. (laughs) Like, if you're trying to understand how the grace of God works, good luck. A lot of books have been written about this and it doesn't make sense. It seems like he just gives it out. Time and time again, he is he, next to a man on a cross. And this man, the only thing he wants is that when Jesus goes into the kingdom of his father that day, all he wants is to be remembered in that moment. Just think of me. That's all. Jesus says, because of your faith, because you know who I am, you will go into the kingdom with me. Jesus meets people at their lowest time and time again. And what does he do? He gives them freedom. He gives them grace. He's walking along and a woman comes and without him asking or uh, giving her the authority to do so, she just comes and she touches his robe. And immediately she is healed from a sickness that she's been suffering with for 12 years and in that moment she is released from her captivity just by touching Jesus she had that faith to reach out she knew she needed to touch him even though in their culture she would have made Jesus unclean because if you sick, And when uh, she was uh, suffering from menstrual cycles, that was never ending. So if you had your menstrual cycle, anything you touched became unclean. But that is how amazing Jesus is. Even according to their practices, her touching him doesn't make him unclean. It makes her clean. That's how the grace of Jesus works. He meets people. At their lowest. And what does he do? Time and time again, he sets them free. He gives them this grace that overwhelms them. But do you know who who he never sets free? Do we know who he time and time gives condemnation to? Pharisees. Like he spoke a lot to them. He, they had long discussions and arguments. And there's one time when Jesus tells them, "You don't even know who your father is," implying that they were born out of wedlock. Which in those times were that was a mean thing to say. It's like Jesus, calm down. It's not a, that's not a very Jesus thing to say. But he does. He is mean sometimes, uh, and. He argues with them, and time and time again, they butt heads, and you have to wonder why. These people obviously need your love as well, Jesus. These people obviously need your grace as well. Why don't you give it to it? And I think there's a story that sums it up really well, and it's the story of the young man, uh, the young rich ruler. So this... Young man comes to Jesus and he says to him, Jesus, what should I do to gain eternal life? And Jesus gives him a little list and he says, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false evidence, do not defraud, and honor your father and your mother. And he stands there and he says, I have done all of these things since my youth. (laughs) And you can just imagine how proud he is in that moment. Like, yes, I'm getting eternal life today. (laughs) And you read uh, the next verse. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus saw this young man, was passionate, and he sees him and he says, I love you. And he says, you like one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven and come Follow me. This young man, the way it says, He went away sorrowful, for he had many things. He was rich. And it's not the money that is the problem. Although Jesus does say it is easier for a camel to get through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and I want to make it clear. Uh, there's this story that uh, went around for when I was a kid. I don't know if it's uh, something that you, you're familiar with as well. And they said a needle is this uh, pillar at uh, the gate. And late at night, they had to crawl through this needle to get into the town. Did you guys ever hear that story? It's made up. it it, it preaches well it preaches well it it says you have to let go of all of these things and then you can enter through the needle there was no such thing Jesus was talking about a physical little needle like he wasn't saying oh if you work really hard you can do it no he was saying it's impossible don't worry it's not gonna happen (laughs) because it is so easy to get caught up in things My wife and I, when we moved here, we were overwhelmed by uh, how rich you guys are. (laughs) Because we'd been living in Uganda the five years before this. Uh, And you drive along uh, the road, and you see couches on the sidewalk. I'm like, that's a nice couch. (laughs) I've picked up chairs next to the road. Like, that's fine. (laughs) And it can be so easy to get caught up in that comfort. And, oh, but it, now I have to do these uncomfortable things. I don't like it. Uh, my brother lives in Poland. And he currently has Ukrainian refugees living in his house. And it's really hard because so my brothers <laughs> My brother came to visit me in England when I was working there and he refused to speak English to anyone. <laughs> like he's, li- he's on a holiday in England and he refuses to speak English. You have to understand how stubborn my brother is. And people would talk to him and he would talk, to him, turn around in, in and Afrikaans say to me, these people want to talk to you. <laughs> and now he's living in Poland with Ukrainian refugees and the only language... Uh, One of them speaks English, so it is difficult to to communicate. But how would you feel if I told you, uh, take some Ukrainian refugees into your house now? How would you feel uh, if I told you to take some of these people sleeping in the fields in Marupna into your house right now? It's easy to think of things far away and how we would act there, but we are living here very comfortably. The young man and the Pharisees were holding on to something that they weren't yet willing to let go. The Pharisees were holding on to being right. We're right. We know how salvation works. You aren't allowed to tell people about this whole grace thing and forgiven thing. You are jeopardizing our position in society. Stop it. The young man was holding on to his security in his riches. And these are things that were keeping them captive. These are things that were keeping these people as slaves in their houses. There's a the story of a woman caught in adultery. And she's taken in, in front of Jesus. And she, they tell him, what should we do with her? The law says to stone her. And there's a whole thing about it. But eventually everyone leaves. And she's left there on her own. And he looks to her and he says to her, Go. And sin no more. Do you think she had anything else that she was still holding on to? Above Jesus? She was just met with an overwhelming and unexpected outpouring of love. Her life was about to end. She must have in that moment made at least at some level peace with the fact that she is about to die she must have thought she was about to die and yet Jesus comes and all of this hate that the whole group had towards her to kill her is transferred onto Jesus and she walks away free do you think she went back to her old life or do you think this love that she was met with, changed her completely and irrevocably. Going back to her old life would have been impossible. Going back to how you did things when you're met with a love like that is impossible. Jesus comes and he gives us something different. He gives us Freedom. Romans 8, verses 1 to 11. I'm going to read this to us. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on the, uh, uh, on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance of the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by Life It is peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of pe- flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. How amazing is this? You are dead to sin. You are dead to sin. Now, let me tell you a cool story about an oak I'm growing. My kids who were playing in a um, playground, and there was a beautiful oak tree in some Nuts had fallen on the ground, and I pick up an acorn, and I tell them, do you know this is the seed of the tree? And they're like, wow. And so we take one home, and I put it in a a little uh, cotton and water it, and eventually it sprouts, and I'm like, hey, (laughs) this thing's going. And I put it in some uh, potting mix, and it just keeps on going, pushes up beautifully puts out leaves, and the root of it g- grows through the bottom of the thing and curls into a little thing at the bottom. It's like, I need to repot this. So I repot it into a bit bigger thing, and it dies. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Oh. And so I don't throw it out. I, I just leave it. And all of the leaves fall off, and I'm like, oh. Whatever. But every now and then, whenever I'm giving everything else in the house water, I give this little twig sticking out of the earth uh, a bit of water as well. <laughs> and it comes up again. I'm like, yes! <laughs> uh, and it pushes out beautifully and l- throws out some leaves. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. And I put it outside to just give it some extra sun. And the sun burns it to a crisp. <laughs> Like, come on. (laughs) Take it inside. I have it in the bathroom because that's nice and humid, right? Uh, And you wouldn't believe it. It pushes up again. I'm like, oh, it's got beautiful four leaves. And it's like, oh, great. And I put it outside, and the dog eats the top off. (laughs) (laughs) And it's got a little piece of like this left. I keep on giving it water. (laughs) And again, it pushes out. It's got four leaves currently, and it's out of the dog's reach. Isn't that what we do? We have life. Oh, I forgot to tell you this one thing that happened as well. While I was in the bathroom... (laughs) While it's in the bathroom, there's a little cup of water. And I take some of the water and I pour it into the thing. And John's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it was vinegar that she was using to clean her rings. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't lose any leaves because of that. But we do the same thing. We have this life. We, we grow and it goes well. And then we fall back fall back into that old sin that we know and things fall apart and then we grow back and it's like okay things are going well and then we fall back again and we go like oh i'm such a bad christian i'm i'm not good enough Uh, i'm not doing enough for god i'm not loving him enough But this is exactly the opposite to that mindset we just read. We don't live in this death anymore. We only live in life. And God doesn't love you because you're so smart, so kind, so generous, or whatever. God loves you because that's who God is. God loves you because he is love. There is nothing that we can do that can separate us from the love of God. We are dead to sin. Yet we continue to live lives in servitude and captive to our sins. We are those people who have been Uh, set free, and we still sit in our cages. The shackles are gone. The door is open. And we sit in those cages. In India, when they want to train an elephant, when it's a baby, it puts a, a big shackle around its foot and a deep peg into the ground so that they can't pull it out. And by the time they're adults, they put a little string around its leg, tied to a a little post in the ground. You think you're gonna keep an elephant like that? No, it's been conditioned. It's been taught this is where I have to stay. This is all I'm allowed to do because this is where I'm tied to. Jesus has set us free we have been set free by jesus now you already know as i'm talking about this captivity as i'm talking about the things that you are captive to you already know the thing in your life that is keeping you in captivity You know that thing that is holding you back. You know that thing that is stopping you from growing the way that you want to grow. I want you today to lay that in front of God. Because He has already set you free from that. He loves you so much that He has already set you free from this. You are free. He has come to proclaim the freedom of the captives. Jesus came to set us free. You are free and he loves you. And if you're sitting here today and there's something you want help with, something you want prayer for, Something you don't feel like you have freedom over yet? I want you to come forward as I'm praying and we will pray with you. If this is the first time you hear this idea that Jesus came to set you free from all things, that you don't have to live in death anymore, you can live a life in a life of abundance come forward we want to pray with you we want to introduce you to this man named Jesus who came to die for our sins lord thank you for this time that we got to spend together and lord thank you for your word and thank you for what you have done for us thank you for the grace thank you for the mercy thank you for the freedom thank you that we can come into your holy presence not having to worry whether we deserve to be there, not having to worry about earning a place in your holy of holies that we come into your holiness not because of our own righteousness but because of the righteousness that you have given us we stand in right standing with you God and I pray that you will help us to throw away the shackles that you have already set us free from. Protect us and guide us this week. and Bring us together again next week. In your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. It's coffee in the lounge. And please come forward if you need prayer. Blessings. fans is now not anymore we are live church again (laughs) and if you have any other prayer requests please come forward as well blessings